Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome everybody to another edition of the In the Paint Show, episode 171. I'm here with my co-hosts Chelsea Hopkins and Ani Umana. Uh, as normal, we like to get into it and talk about various topics. Obviously, we focus on the grassroots and high school scene, and we are going to talk about some elite players on this pod. But we're going to open up, up with a little bit more of a uh fiery dynamic uh topic we're going to talk about college sports and as it relates to nil amateurism and uh chelsea just give us a high line of what's happening in the girls game i know me and you were talking a little bit i actually saw lsu play it wasn't into an inspiring performance to open the season then a lot of things have happened since then so just just talk about that yeah well to start i'll say women's college basketball has hit the ground running this year um it's been a very you know through the first couple weeks just a lot of upsets, quote unquote, um, just a lot of moving and shaking with the teams and what's kind of happening with the dynamic. But the biggest thing is, number one, LSU uh, starts the season, uh, loses to a very good Colorado State team. I mean, I don't know if people, you know, follow women's basketball like they should, but Colorado State, you know, retained a lot of their players from last year. Very good, experienced team. Um, LSU had to play them and Colorado won relatively easily. Um, but besides that big game, uh, LSU has been in the news for, or the media, I guess, for, for various other reasons. Their star player, Angel Reese, has been absent, and nobody really knows why. So I want to definitely get into that. I have my personal thoughts. Um, but, yeah, it, it's crazy. There, there's been a lot of narratives so far in women's basketball. But overall, I'd say the basketball play has been very high level. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I happen to be at that game. So yeah, we could we could break it down a little bit. Uh it was a double header with the men's game, uh USC and Kansas State. But yeah, definitely a lot has come happening in women's cause basketball. And Ani, uh just your high line take on that. You know, is Angel Reese obviously defending national champ with her LSU Tigers. A lot of the team is back. Uh they lost that Colorado State game, then she has an uninspiring performance and is benched for another game, and then all of a sudden she's suspended, and it's it's like an, an academic – it's purported to be an academic issue. You know, what do you take of all that, and do you think, like, this uh, – is any of that surprise you think it's par for the course, or, like, she's kind of like the first NIL star, I guess, one of the first ones of, of this era of, of college – new era of college basketball, and, like, how surprised are you that some of this is happening? I mean – I'm a little surprised by some things. I mean, I know they mentioned the uh, GPA stuff. And that's not I don't I don't believe in all that. Like if she fails at the end of semester and then she's not eligible in the second half, cool, right? That's yeah, normally cool. how it goes. Um, it's LSU. I'm not trying to shit on LSU's academics, but they don't strike me as an academic program or that's not a team that really is like come off as big on academics. So I don't think even she ha I don't know her GPA. No one really knows. Right. But for sure. whatever it is, <clears throat> it is. I don't think that's the reason that, you know, she's not playing. Probably maybe she's not in shape. She's not where she needs to be. Maybe she got into it with Kim Oki. There's there's multiple Scenarios that could probably be in place that is the reason that she's not playing. I just I think academics is like at the bottom. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I I don't think so. And I'm gonna keep it a buck. Like someone like her, NIL, got bread. I know she ain't gotta go to class. Like everything's probably virtual for her, right? 
she go pay someone to do her work. Like she ain't got to worry about like doing her <laughs> own work. She ain't never got to touch a laptop. She ain't never got to touch a pen or a piece of paper. She got enough money she could pay for someone. I'm to I'm just saying. LSU ain't known. They they don't strike me like a Stanford or a Harvard. Like sure, you know, you gotta sure. keep a GPA, a certain GPA in November in order to play or something like that. I don't even think they kind of really do it like that. But it's stricter to LSU. For her, for people to say, oh, it's because she has a low GPA, she's not playing. Come on, man. Like they just throw the dust in your eyes. Yeah. It's it's a there's a lot going on in that locker room. Kim Mulkey has to really manage these personalities, egos. I mean. Girls are making a lot of money. These women are making a lot of money right now, right? Sure. I'm not trying to go one side or the other, but, I mean, that locker room just needs to be managed. Maybe Angel Reese, like you said, Chelsea, she's not really looking that good right now. She's probably not in the best of shape, or she really may not have been putting the work she needed going into the season. And Kim Mulkey probably maybe called her out on it. You know, there's a lot of things that could have happened, but it ain't no GPA. Like I'm shocked. I'm surprised people are saying a GPA. Like that's why I'm surprised. At. Like it ain't no it ain't no damn GPA. <laughs> well, Ani, real quick, and Chelsea, you can jump in. Just so you know, it, it was stated in the offseason that Angel Reese, maybe for security reasons, is not going to a normal classes no more. <laughs> Similar to the gymnast. So she's not going to class. But like, Angel actually you know Angel I mean? actually debunked that on Twitter. Um, I don't know if she goes to every single class, but she was just saying, like, you know, don't believe every single thing that you read. Like, I am on campus. Yeah, she has notoriety and star power and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if she's sitting in the classroom every day, you know, all day. Sure, sure. at the end of the day, you have to remember, too, the women's dynamic is different. She has aspirations of playing professionally, going to the league. We don't get to go one and done. You got to go to class. And you got to be, you know, 21 to even enter the draft. So she can't just sit around and do nothing until it's her time to quote unquote leave. Like, so there's a lot of things that have been pushed about her that we can't really verify. So I want to touch on some of the stuff that Ani just said in regards to Kim Mulkey. And and we really do not know the situation that's happening. I I totally agree uh, with Ani that it has nothing to do with her GPA because it just doesn't make sense. But my issue with the situation is that Angel's in a position where, you know, she's a public figure. You know, she's yes. one of the mm-hmm. probably most visible women's college basketball athletes that we have today. And I don't like how her coach has allowed people to run with these narratives because she hasn't said anything. Now, Kim Mulkey doesn't really owe us anything. She doesn't have to go into detail about what's being, you know, what's happening in the in the locker room. But because you're not saying anything, you're allowing the public slander of a kid. And, and I don't want to say that she's a, a kid kid, but she's a young adult. And she is sure. supposed to be, you know, Kim Mulkey is supposed to be the leader of this team, the leader of Angel Reese, the leader of these young women. And she has opened the door to so much hate and scrutiny of this 21-year-old because she won't come out and say, hey, you know what, Angel, you know, her code of conduct, it didn't follow, you know, our team's rules. You know, we're going to, she'll join the team, whatever. She says nothing. She just lets people run with all these kind of narratives. And I have seen the most, vital hatred that I could see for a young woman on social media with the things that people are saying about this girl. Like, it's not about basketball anymore. It's about like literally everything else. And I really just hate to see it because she's 21 at the end of the day. Like she's 21. Okay. So jumping in, like, you know, uh, does, like you said, does Kim Mulkey have to say anything? And if, and if uh, Ani has an academic problem or the girl from UNLV has an academic problem or another problem, uh, does, a, does the school have an obligation to say why it is? If somebody's suspended or somebody's away from the team, then you get into privacy law. So, like, again, this is uh, Angel Reese is a, is a uh, you know, a unique situation in herself, but she's still a student athlete. She's still part of LSU, as you said, Chelsea. So. There's a there's there's a lot of things where people are very private about uh, somebody's academic or medical record, and and then sometimes we, we're not on the especially on the guy side. It's like seems like it'll be a little bit more open. So, is LSU in essence doing the right thing, or do you think no? It's it doesn't matter because you're hurting this girl by not saying anything. But in the, in my in my stance, I'd be like, I don't want nobody saying shit about me. Don't tell me if I have bad grades, if, I, if I'm suspended, if I'm supposed to not be on here, don't be telling nobody nothing. You know what I mean? So where where does that fall? Because, you know, as we know, in college, like, 
you can get in real trouble for releasing somebody's academic or medical record. Right. I think I think you have to say something. You just got to protect the player. Thank um, you. Thank you you, you, you do got to protect the player. And I think yeah. Moki, her responses and they don't come out. They don't come. They don't. It's not received well. Right. Like it's like, sure. man, basically stop asking me these questions, whatever. <laughs> and, 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 and keep moving like, you know, like that. It, it, it literally shows that there's something going on. Right. Yeah. If for whatever it is that she just had a more like stoic yeah. approach to it, calmness to yeah. say, hey, look, you know, we're just trying to get Angel back right, blah, blah, blah just, you know, some stuff in the lock or whatever, just something simple, just saying, hey, look, it's all internal. We're not going to talk about it, but we're going to get her right. Something, sure. or we're going to all be in the same page. We're all going to be right. Something like that would go a long way. When you say, I don't know why y'all asked me, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, you know, getting, up, getting mad, like, bro, like, it, it does not, like, you're not helping anybody out. And I will say this about Kim. This is the same one. I mean, Brittany Griner don't mess with her at all. Mm -hmm. So sure. she does have a history of her star players <laughs> not wanting to be, don't like, not liking her. I'm not saying as a coach, yeah. oh, you got to always be like by all your players. But it does seem like there is a little bit of a pass of her not really protecting her players or her being on the same page at, with her star players. And, you know, she got to protect her. Yeah, that and and that's pretty much my point, Ani. Like, I'm not absolving injuries. She very well could have done something or, you know, missed a, a team thing, you know, not be doing what she's supposed to be doing in the classroom. Like, that, that's all could be true. Like, I don't want to absolve her, but I just feel like at the end of the day, her leader has not helped her. Right. If you go on social media and see the crazy things, the things are, that people are saying about this kid, like, I can't deal with that because it's not even basketball related anymore. They're talking about all the trips she took and the money and the NIL. That has nothing to do with her being a student athlete at LSU right. whatsoever. And I yeah. have my criticisms of Angel Reese, the player. You know, sure. I, I feel like she has a lot of work to do if she really has those aspirations of, you know, going and playing in the WNBA. It's going to be difficult. She's an amazing yeah. college player that 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 has been largely successful so far because of her mentality, which, which I love. She's yeah. a dog and, and her athleticism. But all that goes out the window when everybody's a dog and everybody's athletic in the WNBA. So she's sure. got a year and a half to figure that part out if she wants to continue, you know, having a, a an amazing, you know, or an amazing professional career to, you know, to to top her her collegiate career. But yeah. her as a person, like, I just don't understand where all the jealousy and animosity and crazy narratives right. surrounding this girl. And I just don't feel like her coaches helped her. And, and I agree with you, Ani, about the Brittany Griner situation. There's been a lot of people that's vocal about Kim Mulkey. She has sure. a platform and she gets a pass for a lot of the stuff that she says, whether it's irresponsible or not. And nobody says anything. She went on sure. a rant the other day about COVID. Like, yeah. you don't have to believe in COVID. Whether you believe in it or not, people died from it. So how insensitive is it to get on the, the mic and say, I might have COVID, but I ain't going to test, so we'll never know. Like, yeah. <laughs> ridiculous. Now, let me ask you this. Was that, and that's the same press uh, conference where they were asking her about Angel, correct? Yeah. So so you could be vocal yeah. about COVID and, and yeah. you know, not getting vaccinated and being sick and coughing on the mic and having allergies <laughs> or whatever you have. Yeah. But you yeah. can't come out and say, you know what, Angel has done this, this, and that. It, it in a in a short version it doesn't have to be detailed. Yeah. She's away yeah. from the team right now. We hope to see her back soon. Hopefully, she'll join us after she whatever. Like yeah. simple. I, I am not a fan of Kim Mulkey at all. I'm sorry, that is crazy. So would I? Would I? Would I? Uh, can I take the devil's advocate side and be like, I'm gonna say something that's gonna piss the media off. And now the heat's on me. Now the people are going to talk about me and they're not going to talk about Angel. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to say something stupid or I'm going to be Kim Moki and be like, say something. And now we're not talking about Angel no more. We're talking about how I, but for me, that didn't, that doesn't seem to work because now you're pitting Angel against the coach or like you're assuming Angel. Now people are assuming Angel is kind of like a young liberal lady who doesn't agree with Kim Moki's. <clears throat> stances now you're creating even more division in my opinion but do you think that is true or do you think in other words why are we pitting kim moki against angel reese the coach suspended her she made a bigger statement to me by by sitting around for a half that's a big statement in itself it's not like a 
bench warmer player who didn't get back on defense like this is one of the best players in the country. So she already sent a statement by sitting her out. So no, I, I don't know what you guys think about that. To me, it's just like, why are we pitting her against one against the other? I, I don't want to pin them against each other because Angel yeah. said absolutely nothing. So yeah. we have no, you know, besides don't read everything you read, she hasn't said yeah. anything. So we don't really know yeah. how she feels towards Kim Mulkey. My grievances right. towards Kim Mulkey is simply her inability to protect her players. And I feel like when you have a specific player like Brittany Griner and Angel Reese, those are the premier cream of the crop players. People are going to inquire about them, talk trash about them, ask about them. So you have to say something. We're not talking about the girl at the end of the bench. We wouldn't even be having this conversation if Kim Mulkey did right. that. But certain players, yeah. people want answers, Ronnie. Like yeah. Michael Jordan gets benched. People, you have to say something. You like gotta have, you have an answer. So yeah. I don't want to compare. Like I don't want to say they hate each other because they maybe don't. I'm yeah. just saying, like, I don't like how Kim Mulkey has handled the situation. And yeah. she's not protecting her players. She has a history of not protecting players. She says crazy shit all the time and gets a pass. So, no, get her out of here. I don't like it. <laughs> okay, so good. Okay, so now we're, that, that makes sense. Do you have a strong stance against her? Now, let's that, that's a good point because we can segment into our next topic about this is uh, the dynamics of – I, the dynamics of a player, and Chelsea, you would have a good read on it because you played for two different colleges. Um, that was being Duke and, and San Diego State. And uh, the, the, the notion that this college player and a coach has to be hunky-dory and, and on the same page off the court to win. And, you know, like you said, oh, she's, she's treating her bad. And Kim Mulkey's, and can just say, hey, she's suspended. Uh, she's no different than the other player. I mean, she could say that if she wanted to. Lovely. It would come off wrong. Yeah, yeah. It would. It would probably wouldn't come off great. But she can say, say, hey, girls yeah. get suspended all the time. She's suspended. What do you guys want? You know, I benched her. So, Chelsea, where do you give me your insight or give me something on that? Like, does a team have to be in cohesion off the court to really kick ass and win on it? I have my own thoughts, and then Ani will get your thoughts. Uh, I, I think for the most part, yeah. for your team to be largely successful, the top players or star players usually have a solid relationship with the coach. Okay. And so, like I said, I'm not sure the dynamic of, of yeah. Angel and Kill Monkey, but they sure were hugging each other and seemed like they liked each other a lot when they won the championship last year. Correct. So, you know, at the end of the day, you have to learn how to coexist and you have to learn how to work with the people that are around you. And that's the biggest thing in the locker room. I've been on many teams where people didn't like the coach, didn't like players. And yeah. at the end of the day, we're a team and you have to figure it out. So you're yeah. you're going to have jealousy and moments where, you know, people are upset about certain things. So, no, I don't think that you have to be in, you know, great. Everybody loves each other. But at the same time, the I haven't seen yeah. I haven't seen teams win championships in uh, uh, in an instance where everybody that's a key player on the team does not have some type of good relationship with the coach. Like even with the Brittany Griner situation, very vocal about how she doesn't like Kim Mulkey. Their second best player, Odyssey Sims, is a Kim Mulkey fan. So th there's some bridging the gap between the star players and the players that aren't stars. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Okay. That's just how I view it. It's not going to be 100% everybody likes each other, but there has to be some type of something. You know, to, well, to maybe you know, there has to be some type, like you said, some type of agreement. Like, hey, I'm not messing with you like that, but let's get this shit done. And mm -hmm. that's kind of my point. You know, Ani, where do you kind of feel sit on that? And uh, I'm kind of toward the thing like, hey, I can if I can say uh, Kim Monkey likes Donald Trump. I don't give a damn. I'm trying to get paid. I'm trying to get yeah. the win. She's a good, you know, she's doing a good job with this program. She's won before. And I, I'm messing with her because this is the best situation for me. You know what I mean? So, Ani, I don't know if you have some thoughts on that. No, I, for me, I think the majority do have to get along. Okay. Honest with you. Uh, especially the star players. Yeah. But I think majority do have to have, they don't have to be like best friends off the court. And when I mean get along, like, yeah. I just have a, a fine, solid relationship where they respect each other. If they sure. were to go out with each other, it's not like, hey, I'm sitting on one end, you sit on the other, and I don't talk to you. I do think majority of the team has to have that. Um, I know when we talk about star players need to be, you know, have a really good relationship with the um, with yeah. the coach. That I do agree, but I think some of your 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 depth, like your third, your fourth, fifth, sixth, seven, eight yeah. guys, have to also y'all y'all all, all got to be on the same page because you're gonna need them, especially when you're making these 
these deep tournament runs. So I think the majority really, I really, I'll say this. I feel like your top eight really going to have to be in, <laughs> be in cohesion uh, in order to win national titles uh, sure. because most teams they are going to really, they're about even the ones that are 10 deep, really going to go a rotation of eight, the deeper you go. Um, but now with NIL, you know, it, people kind of want to label like, okay, well, Shaq and Kobe didn't get along, right? <laughs> and, you know, right? And they won three, you know, because they're getting paid. But there was such a level of respect on the court, yeah, yeah, that they had that made it work. There was such that all like that. You look at LA's top rotation guys; they all were heavily respected. Phil, they all res- heavily respected each other. Then they even they yeah. have beef, and they made it work. I think that's what. It's got to happen for any team. I would say if you are your seven man rotation, all seven y'all got to be on in line with each other. If it's eight, nine, whatever, because the end of bench guys really don't matter. <laughs> you know, he ain't seeing the court. But I do think your your top, your, whatever your rotation is, I think those guys have to have a really good relationship with the coach for one. Yeah. I think they have to really respect each other on and off the court for it to work. Okay, and you guys have strong opinions about that, and that makes sense. And I think for the most part, you're right. Um, I want I wanted to say to uh, Chelsea, get your opinion on this, and, and Ani, you can jump in if you want. Uh, me and Ani talk about at the high school level and the grassroots level, mostly the high school level, like we don't know who the best coaches are. Like I name a national coach of the year every year, and it's usually a team that's ranked or a guy who's done a really good job or maybe his team projected better than we expected. And I try to, you know, uh, share the sugar, so to speak, try to get a coach from various parts of the country. But the main thing is I sometimes think we don't know who the best coaches are because there could be some coach out there that's coaching some little five foot two Latino guys that are busting their butt and really playing good and are, are doing everything they can to be 500. And that guy's doing a hell of a job with that team. He just doesn't have the talent. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same way in the college level. Like, yeah, Kim Mulkey is known as a quote unquote good coach, but she has the good talent. And Gino RM, I said too, Pat Summit. You know, do you do you think that's the same way in the college? Obviously, there's there's 300 colleges compared to thousands and thousands and thousands of, of schools, 300 D1 schools. Like, do you see instances where like I, I know this guy's a great coach or this girl's a woman's a great coach, and like she just doesn't, you know, she's going 500 in league, but She's known, you know, people know her as a great coach, X's and O's and things like that. Well, yeah, go, go ahead, you go. <clears throat> well, for me, coaching yeah. is so there's I know people kind of look at yeah. you know how they like ATOs, um, yeah. you know, plays or systems and stuff like that. For me, those <clears throat> those schools that have players have a lot of star talent, it managing that talent is part of coaching. <laughs> like managing them personalities and this come from me like you know i have my homeschool team i got my basketball team yeah. and i got a lot of personalities right <laughs> i'm not gonna draw the, the the best like you know like play sometimes i mean i go to my personnel listen the, the my guys they're all gonna listen to me <laughs> i manage them they you know they're all in line when i need them to and i think regardless of how much talent or not enough talent, if you don't have a lot of talent, if you're maximizing, especially in the cause of you're maximizing your talent and you're getting as far as you can, you're a really good coach, right? Mm -hmm. If you have a talent issue, you know, you can recruit. So recruit better players so they can fit into your system so you can win more, right? So even if you're a low major program and we're not saying, oh, you need to go beat UConn or uh, South Carolina, but go go win your league. What does it take to win your league? You know what I'm saying? I think coaching just is just so many layers to it. It's managing personalities and talent. It's knowing, it's knowing what system, office, knowing your personnel that makes sense so you can maximize their ability on the court. It's adjustments, right? Like yeah. all that comes into play, but – I don't think just because you have a lot of talent, you win. I mean, I would have like I want to see that locker room. <laughs> like how, like someone that came in averaging thirty a game in high school as a five star, and now she has to be a ten to twelve minute per game person. Yeah, you know how do you keep consistently get her to buy into that role? Yeah. Like 
That's, that's a, more that's, dynamics. Yeah, like you got to be a hell of a coach to be able to get them in line for a whole season, right? And so yeah. that to me, coaching just is on the court, is off the court, is managing. Like it's a lot to it. Okay, I, I I agree with that, the management aspect of it. But it, when it comes to coaching, I'm looking at specific things and what's happening on the court. And, you know, you scout a lot, Ani. You see, you know, the adjustments that we, you know, we watch a lot of games in general. But more times than not, if you have the more talented team, you're going to have the better chance of winning, in, in my opinion. So I, I just feel like, you know, there's a lot of good coaches who can really, really coach in terms of X's and O's and, you know, what they're able to draw up and the adjustments and stuff they're going to make, but they don't have the talent. So it's going to be very difficult. There's always going to be a, a, a point where you stop because you're going to run into a team that's just more talented than you. Now I give Kim Mulkey her credit. I give Don Staley her credit. They, they, they went to certain programs. Kim Mulkey started at Baylor. Baylor wasn't like that. She built Baylor all the way up. Just like, you know, Don Staley built South Carolina all the way up. But when there there comes a point in time when you get in your career, Gino, Don, Kim, they're only getting a certain caliber of player, and that player is better than ninety percent of the players in the class every single year. So okay. you, you should never not be in the mix, in my opinion. So now I want to see how you're adjusting when these top talented teams are playing each other, and I want to see what's actually being happening in the game because now the talent is pretty even across the board. If right. I take LSU and UConn and South Carolina, they all have the top 5% of the most talented girls in high school. So now who, who's beating who? Because the talent's pretty much even. So now it does come down to coaching and your ability and stuff like that. And I personally have not seen Kim Mulkey just X's and O's her way into, to victory. I haven't seen it. I'm not saying she yeah. can't do it, but I've seen some coaches on way lesser levels do some stuff with teams that they're not supposed, they have no business. They, have, they won some games that they have no business winning. So I but, definitely think that there is a combination of both. And I do agree with management and stuff um, in terms of talent. And that's something that we're seeing with LSU and their dynamic currently. They got two of the top transfers in the transfer portal and Haley Van Leaf and Anissa Morrow from DePaul. Anissa Morrow led basically, well, I think right behind me. I don't know if, uh, if Angel Reese's double-double record was just in the SEC, but Anissa Morrow had more double-doubles than any girl ever, basically, last year. <laughs> And now she's coming off the bench. Oh, I wow. to LSU and I'm coming off the bench. Like hey, maybe maybe LSU has more NIL money than DePaul. Oh my, like some of the stuff is crazy. And and, and some yeah. of that has to do, you know, the players need to understand as well. Cause I don't want to totally absolve the players. Like the grass is not always greener. You might have a little more NIL money here, yeah. but yeah. what what's what's your playing and your development like if you have bigger aspirations of playing in the league? Correct. And that's what we talked about Angel again. I don't think Angel's development is coming along like it needs to. But I'm sure. not going to kick her when she's down, when something's crazy is happening in her locker room and we don't really know, you know, what's going on. So yeah. I just think it's a, a, a very much so, Ani, a combination of both. But I think when you get to those top teams, when you get to those blue blood schools on, on the boys' side, they're always getting the best talent. So you better be in the mix. And I want to see who can outcoach who when all the talent is even across the board. Yeah. And that's just kind of my take on it. Well, with the boys' side, is a little, it's more diverse. <clears throat> it's more yeah, diverse. Way more parity for sure. Yeah, way more parity. Um, sometimes when you see a coach in the mid-major level do really good, and then they go, now they take a job at a power five school, or like a high, higher level power five. They have a hard time adjusting to that level. Oh, yeah of recruiting that level yeah. of managing those players. <laughs> you know, that's why I'm like, you're right. It is a, it's a, it's a mixture of both. Um, on the guy side, like it's more about age, you know, you yeah. know, transfers, like there's a lot of things. There's just a lot sure. more security on the woman's side. I do kind of see what you're saying. It's always the same, basically yeah. teams always at the five, top. seven teams all the time. Yeah, it's better now, you know, Tennessee and UConn had that crazy run with just Tennessee, UConn, you know, every single oh, year. Yeah. So now it's, there's definitely more parity throughout, but in general, the top players are still going to the top schools. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I and I and I and I I still think recruiting, like I think when you're not maybe at that upper upper echelon, like that top, I still think recruiting and hitting that transfer portal is going like I you gotta be real if you're trying to get in that then you got to be more a creative recruiter. <laughs> you yeah. got to be like, you got to really hit on the people, the, the players you get in the portal. 
the high school kids you do get, it has to be like, hey, look, I'm gonna get them for. I mean, the women that they all stay, you know, multiple years, but like, yeah. just how you recruit in the portal or how you recruit in high school is going to be real important into how you like your system that you run. I think you just gotta be, you gotta be a little bit more tighter than you do if you're UConn because if you recruit a five star, she doesn't pan out. You got like multiple five stars, you know, behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At, at at a lower level, you don't really have those. <laughs> you don't have that room for error. So I do see what you're saying. Like in the yeah. women's side, there's only there's always going to be only a certain couple that's in the mix every year. So sure. where where so now on like encore coaching is actually more of a like it actually shows more so than like in the boys side. Okay, yeah. and that's fair. Uh, so to sum it up, you basically saying Ani, if you don't have the players, like basically recruiting is a huge part of the game, whether that's going into the port or getting freshmen. And and that's the point I didn't miss or didn't mention about high school comparing to high school. If you're a good coach and you're just going to coach what's, what's there, you know what I mean? Generally speaking, especially if you don't have very much talent and you're just at a run in the middle school, you, you say, Hey, I'm coaching up the kids. I, I can and giving them a good experience, but in uh, on a college team, you better start with getting better players or you're going to get fired or, or you're going to have to move on. And in Chelsea, you're saying on the girl side at the, at the highest levels, it's, it's, you know, very even amongst the top five to seven schools. And then let's see who can really coach when it comes to like the tournament or at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Kim Mulkey with that it, it close it out. It, it kind of brings a parallel to me with uh, a coach who just passed away, Bobby Knight, uh, maybe since the last time we did a pod or since the beginning of the season, <laughs> like this dude, Bobby Knight would say the <laughs> crazy, crazy thing. Like he couldn't get away with it now. Like, Right. Just do some crazy stuff, but I always tell people, okay, because Coach K. Shaseski is his, what is that, his mentor? Yeah, it's his mentor, right? And they had a falling out. They had a falling out after the 1992 uh, NCAA uh, tournament. They kind of had a falling out after their game. Mm. But you give – Coach K has five titles, but you give Coach K Bobby Knight's rosters, does he have three titles? Give Bobby Knight. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, so that's what I tell people. You like the dude could really coach. So it to Chelsea's point, it it kind of over he knew he was a smart dude. He wasn't a dumb dude. He knew what he can say, get away with. Now, obviously, he probably can't get away with throwing a chair like he did now. Like this dude, one at one tournament, he really ripped into a like a PR person for the NCAA. Oh my, it was so bad. You know, like he just ripped the dude right on in the on the during the press conference and then like the one that he'll like people would lose their heads over kind of like they're losing their heads over this angel reese situation is he brought out a bull whip and he goes i use this whip on my players and i like it when a little blood is on it I'm like, what is this guy doing yeah. you know what i mean like it was for calvert cheney calvert cheney was a college player of the year you know what i mean like he was in 92 93 he was a college player of the year and it was like oh boy so yeah, it's back to your point, uh, Chelsea. What people can get away with, maybe their stature, and we'll see what Kim Mulkey's legacy. I think she's already stamped her legacy as a title-winning coach. But uh, how much more can people take of this, Chelsea? Like, I, I just think there's still going to be certain girls that are going to mess with her. If she's if it's a good fit for them, if they if they can do it, like you said, Odyssey Sims can can vouch for a lot of players. Vouch for Bobby Knight. Now, some don't like him, but that's usually the players that transfer. But the ones that that uh, stayed usually all say he's a hell of a coach and a hell of a guy. Yeah, and and Kim Mulkey is still going to get yeah. recruits. She's still yeah. going to be in the mix. She yeah. is uh, going to be a Hall of Fame coach. Like yeah. I, all that stuff is kind of done deal. But like yeah. I said, I, my my issue with her is is just strictly about her inability to protect her players, whether how yeah. she feels about them or not. And and yeah. and that's kind of what I take exception to. It, okay. Back to something that Ani talked about making it work. I wanted to kind of chime in um, when he made a point. Ani, you know, Brittany Griner and Kim Mulkey's relationship didn't start sour. Otherwise, she wouldn't have went to the school. Like, this is something that developed over time. She liked Kim Mulkey. She signed her national letter of intent. She went to Baylor. Things were sweet. They won a championship. And it was sweet until it wasn't. And a lot of her grievances with Kim Mulkey had to do with the way Kim Mulkey treated Brittany Griner because of who she was as a person. Brittany has a book, and she talks about this about how she's a gay woman with tattoos and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And Kim Mulkey allowed her personal views on certain things 
uh, you know, dictate her relationship with Britney. But she didn't yeah. give a damn about those things when it had to do with winning a championship. If, as long as we we can win a championship, then it's fine. But off the court, I have so much to say. That's not sure. cool. Like, yeah. and that's the thing that I take exception to. Like, you got to protect your players, whether you agree with their lifestyle or the things that right. they're doing. We don't agree with Kim Mulkey's lifestyle and her, you yeah. know, the things she believes in and, and who she supports and stuff. But I'm not going to say that she yeah. is the worst coach ever because of those things. That you know, like she, she's the, the body of work that she has as a coach is well deserved. But the way she treats people, there's been way too many reports. But yeah. it's like, what if you can't like whatever you can do for me on the court? That's amazing. I'll take it. But off the court, I could just do whatever. Like I don't think it works like that when you're supposed to be a leader of women. And so that's what I, you know, am not a fan of personally. Just the way she handles her players. Forget yeah. the basketball part of it. Like it, it, it's too mixy for me. Yeah. And we'll see if she has to adjust. I think going back to Bobby Knight, that was his one problem. He can get away with that in the 70s and 80s. Mm -hmm. But as we got later in the 90s and into the 2000s, it, 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 he just didn't adjust. You know what I mean? So maybe if this keeps going down this path, maybe people are going to turn the corner. But like, you know, what? we're not going to send our girls there. Maybe the top AU programs are going to be like, nah, we're not going to send our girls there. We, we don't know yet. But we'll, we'll find out what this comes out. But. Uh, yeah, that's a crazy topic. Uh, it, it touches so much, but we're still not done with it. We want to give our, our hot take on one more item regarding it, um, this overarching topic. And it's not about Angel Reese or, or Kim Mulkey. Uh, it's it's a bigger topic. Is uh, We're saying this is the era of NIL, and uh, people are getting compensated in some form. Uh, obviously, the top girls such as her or Caitlin Clark, uh, Paige Buckers from UConn. Those are three girls that we 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 would talk about or, or be the front 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 name, you know, people on that topic. But it goes back to what we said a little bit earlier about protecting a player and their privacy rights as a student or their medical records. And now we're getting to why Angel is suspended. We don't really know. Um, but if 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 uh, players getting compensated and compensated well, and sometimes compensated more than some people on the coaching staff, Ani, is it fair that they're going to get scrutinized in essence like a pro? So Angel Reese is getting treated like a pro right now, maybe like she's playing for the Sparks or she's terrible, she's a clown, she's not a student. Whatever people can say, there, like you said, just could be a lot worse than that. But is that just going to be par for the course, Ani, or is that wrong, or is that going to reach a crescendo that the NCAA or, or we're going to have to tackle like as a society, like how we're treating these young athletes compared to them just being student athletes, let's say 20 years ago. I think that just comes with it, especially if you're getting paid, you know, pretty good. I mean, that just kind of comes with you're getting paid, you know, to, I mean, we see numbers, a hundred, two, three, yeah. four, I've seen some sure. six figures, a million, you know, yeah. like, yeah, I mean, you're going to have to just, you're just going to have to deal with that. I mean, that just comes with it. You know, the good thing about it, um, is that the numbers don't ever really get put out how much they made. I think that Correct. would make it worse. So I think the real kind of elephant in the room is, okay, if or when, when guys commit to a school, he committed to X school and he's going to receive 300,000 his NIL. Okay. Yeah. Like you're going, it's going to get worse. It, it could get worse. So I, for me, athletes, this is just kind of part of it. I would just say, you know, when you're making money playing playing the game and stuff like that, you're going to deal with screening from your fans. If you're, yeah. if you're, especially if you're not winning or whatever, like you're just going to deal with that. It's going to be a little bit worse than it is in the past because people know you're making bread, especially yeah. at the higher level. Um, my only thing is, what does it look like when, or if they say, hey, you got to report what the numbers are that you're paying the guys. Yeah. Then I yeah. think that I then I think what they what they get could be a lot worse. So I just think it comes with it. Obviously, it shouldn't go like like death threats, or I don't think it should ever get to that at even a professional level. Like you see, it, sure. Yeah, I mean, it kind of comes with it. If I'm making two hundred thousand, someone wants to call me a clown. It don't matter. Like, <laughs> like I'm, I, like, I, don't care. Like, I don't care. Like the, that check keep coming. Yeah. But, um, okay. I do wonder just what what all that will look like if numbers had to be reported, you know, public. Okay. Chelsea, I, do you feel the same? Yeah, I, I mean, I can see that. And I think obviously with money and notoriety and, you know, fame, obviously is gonna, you know, there's gonna be some scrutiny. 
I 100% understand that. And these schools, you know, can't control what people are saying, um, you know, on the internet and all these different things. But I do think that they can control the narrative a little bit, but just how they protect the player. Like it's still the responsibility of the school. It is still the responsibility of the coach. Like, listen, I know NIL opened up a whole can of worms and that's NCAA's fault too, because they could have got ahead of this and did some regulation, but because they decided they didn't want to pay at all, then it went to Supreme court and, and here we are. So a lot of things have happened, sure. you know, to kind of get to this point. But at the end of the day, these players are still signed to the schools. They're still an investment of the school. And why wouldn't you want to protect an asset to the school? Right. Like Angel, really, yeah. Angel Reese is my star player. I want to protect her the best way I can. You know, like, obviously, you sure. can only do so much. But, like, she, she, like LSU, you know, the the publicity and the notoriety that they got was because they won last year. So Correct. Angel had a hand in that. I mean, they, they definitely don't win if she doesn't play. So it, it, it kind of goes both ways. You can't yeah. just put it all on the player like, well, she's making money and she's doing this. She still represents your school. And your school won a championship because she was your player. Star so player, yeah. I just feel like there has to be some type of balance in some of the stuff that, that's happening. Like, th- yeah. there really does. And, and it's not even just about Angel Reese. It's just about across the board. Like, we, we love to say that these are students and kids any other time, but now money is involved. They're not students anymore. Yeah. They, so are, uh, they are, but what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is when you're starting to make six-figure salaries, like when you're getting paid to do this, I think part of – like, I'm taking the coach or the association, whatever, out of the picture. Yeah. When you start – like, they get – they were getting – people were talking shit about players being before they were getting – I just now think feel like okay now that you're getting paid I think that's just kind of this what that's just what comes with it now Mm -hmm. um and I'm saying it's actually what you're seeing now is actually probably better than if they actually were to put out the numbers these players were making because I think it could get a lot worse (laughs) you see what I'm saying well Ani I think if they put out the numbers that the players are making Right away, they're going to compare that to the coaching staff and what they're making, and it's right. going to be an issue. That's be, yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm like, saying. Like, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like the 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 leaders, the yeah. your coaches, your mission, they got to do their part to protect you, right? Yeah, they, they do in the NBA. It's the same thing, yeah. in a way. Right? I mean, it's just they're just grown men. Yeah. yeah, but I think as a player, you're just going to have to deal with that. Like, if you're making that bread. Wow. You just gonna have to deal with some of that that fan, you know, chatting all that crazy stuff, me- uh, message boards, just people saying whatever, whatever, whatever. But I do details like this. With now that we're kind of seeing it heightened now, yeah, these coaches need to do need to be more on alert on making players are getting protected and teaching these players how to respond to these things, <laughs> you know, Correct. like on to what people calling them this and that and DMing them and saying just the craziest things. Like they got to teach them, you know, publicly they got to protect them. And then internally they got to teach them how to deal with these because it's just going to keep going on. Got yeah, it. I, I, I agree with that. And, and to continue that point, like that's kind of stuff I feel the schools, you know, don't have any control over just the social media trolls and stuff like that. But a lot of Angel Reese in particular's recent scrutiny has come at the hands of her school and her coach personally, because they haven't said anything. So that's what I'm more talking about. Like I get what you're saying about Ani, like the money is just making stuff, you know, go crazy. I I totally agree. And you're not going to be able to control everything that's happening. So these kids do need people that can kind of help them navigate through the situation. But I don't know. Like, I just have mixed feelings about, you know, a lot of the stuff that's happening. And and I think that we have put the money to the forefront and that's why we've like made it be okay. Well, she's making money now and she's doing this. So it's like, yeah. but at the end of the day, these kids and, you know, mental health is, is big with these kids. It's different than, than when we, you know, played and, and how, you know, we had to deal with stuff. So I would just hate to see something bad happen because, you know, because of these crazy narratives that are being ran with and, and and we're not doing our best to just make sure our players are OK. So let me ask you guys this. The players were in this NIL era and let's switch topic to real quick to another player. Uh, Caleb Williams, a quarterback from USC. It was made a big stink that he wasn't made available to the media after 
USC lost to UCLA in the rivalry game. And I guess that could be talked about in, in college girls or women's and, and men's basketball is the obligation of that. Uh, he's making, like you said, we goes back to what you said, Ani and Chelsea. He's making six figures. He's making seven figures. Why can't he speak after the loss? Uh, do you guys see that as being something that's going to change in the dynamic? Uh, to me, a college player doesn't have to speak after a loss or win. Um, you know, I, I think with if they're if if like you said, Ani, if we know there's their NIL deals, people are going to be like, how come this dude can't speak? You know, after do you guys uh, what's your take on that? And then also, uh, Chelsea, give me your you know, in your in your experience, did like the coaches make you guys speak to the media if the media had a request after the game, win or lose, you know. Uh, so, Ani, just speak about Caleb Williams real quick and then Chelsea speak about your experience with the media and what was made mandatory or quote unquote mandatory. I mean, <clears throat> with Caleb, I felt like he should have, you know, that, yeah. that would have been that would have been nice. Uh Obviously, I don't think it has to be just mandatory, but I think it would have been good just to yeah. hear him just go on the, I mean, tough loss, go in there, Correct. you know, be a professional. I kind of look at four for <clears throat> it could have benefited him, right? Yeah. Maybe he was maybe in too much of an emotional state where he felt yeah. like if he went on, he could have said something that could have hurt him. Yeah. But I do feel like, again, this is part of protecting the players. Like someone – People should go to, hey, Caleb, I think this is a really good idea. I know you're hurt. I know you're mad. Like, Yeah, you don't feel the best. Go up on here. <clears throat> you need to talk to the presser. You're someone that is looked on draft boards, this, that, and the third, Heisman, like all that stuff. Go yeah. in there, speak. We, we, we got you. Just control your emotions and go and talk. I feel like it shouldn't be mandatory, but I do think for players of that status or that caliber, I don't yeah. – I think – going to the press conference, dealing with those tough questions and answering it like a professional only help. <laughs> but, it's protecting them. As Chelsea says, that's protecting them, telling them, go do it. Right. Stuff look good and you will be better off for it. So I, right. I see your point. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't think maybe it should be mandatory, but I do think, yeah. again, this goes by protecting players. Someone yeah. needs to sit, like talk to him and say, man, I don't think this is a good idea. I think you need to talk to them. You know, yeah. there's some questions you don't want to answer. You know, we can, you know, you, this is how you respond to it, blah, blah, blah. I think it could have only helped him if he just went up there and talked. But I also see the other side. He may have been like, man, if I go out there and I'm going to just talk real crazy, this is only going to hurt me. But you got to have people around in the organization that kind of helps them not get to that point. Sure. sure. I, I, I agree with that, Ani, but I also agree with if it's not mandatory, he doesn't have to go. Like, I can see the benefits of him being the caliber of player that he is, wanting to be a professional, probably going to be a – or, I mean, will be a professional, you know, uh, in, in the very yeah. new future uh, in yeah. the NFL. But if it's not mandatory, it's not mandatory. Like, we see it's mandatory for NFL players and NBA players to come to the podium. Otherwise, they get fined. It's in their contract. Like, and even then, they still don't do it. We've seen it plenty of times where they're just not able to get up there and, and say certain things after the way a game is gone. So – I mean, sure. I have absolutely no problem with it. And I don't think him having a lot of NIL deals has to do with him. He should have to go up there because he makes a lot of money. If it's not mandatory, it's not mandatory. So I, I definitely. Do you think it helped him that he didn't go? I don't think it helped him. No. Okay. I mean, but that's I, what I'm saying. Like, that's what I'm saying. Someone should be telling him yeah. to, to I help think him. He should have. And yeah. personally, I've had a lot of tough games, tough losses, and I always go to the podium and answer the questions. And if I don't want to answer it, then next question. But I'll sit up there and, and you know, deal with you. But, yeah. you know, like you said, we don't know how he responded. I've seen many clips of, you know, him losing games and being overwhelmed with family and emotional. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I saw that. People went, were yeah. mad at him about that. Oh, Caleb Williams oh, yeah. is with his mom crying. She's trying to cover his face. Like, he, we're mad about everything. Truly, yeah, a little bit. We're so, mad about know, everything. Maybe he, he yeah. couldn't take it anymore, so he just get he couldn't get up there. And should he have got up there? Yes. Did he have to get up there? No. And I don't think the fact that he's an NIL athlete has anything to do with him getting up there. Like yeah. I, I just don't see the correlation. Oh, he makes money, so get up there and talk to us. Like no, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't see it. So I don't, I don't have absolutely no problem with it. That, that's my take. Got it. Got it. And to close it out on that hot take. Um, 
are we ready? You know, the way it's going, it seems like the, nothing's going right for the NCAA. The judges are not on their, their side on these court cases. Uh, are Ani, just real fast, and, and Chelsea, you as well. Chelsea, I'll start with you. Are we ready? Are we going to be ready to make these mainly college football players and men's basketball players and maybe women's basketball players? Are we going to be ready to make them employees? Are they going to be employees of the school? And then this is all going to be treated differently. Are, are, are we going to be able to handle that? What are we doing with that? Is that coming? And do you think that's the right move? Or do you think we should stay in, in this type of model? And and then, Ani, you answer the same question. Um, I don't see how the model can really change, honestly, because you have some players that are making a whole bunch of money, then you have players that are making no money. Right. So how do you, like, how do you regulate that? Okay. The problem still goes back to the NCAA being too greedy and not getting behind this. They opened up this can of worms that okay. they just cannot contain. Yeah. But yeah. So you have Caleb Williams and Angel Reese and who, who are up here in NIL. And then you have another player on the team who makes absolutely no money. So correct. Like, how does it work? I, I don't okay. know. I can't see it, but I don't really know the direction it's going in because I know the NCAA is fighting like crazy just to try to maintain anything that they can. But yeah. I think it's too late. Like, you know, this yeah. could have been regulated a lot differently, yeah. but it, it's over now. Like, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they're going to, they're making, they're, they, I know they're going, they're working on making some strides on how to kind of clean everything up. Mm -hmm. I think I was kind of hearing, I don't know how true it is, like more to like the agents and like kind of some of those things. Okay. Um, how to kind of clean it up. And I'm not saying it's the agent's fault or anything like that, but. Yeah, I don't think naming employees is naming them employees is, is a good idea because again, like you know, uh Chell said, like some aren't really making much money and some are making a whole lot of money. Some you're a, yeah, you're gonna be an employee for nothing. You're yeah, for, like, like, I'm an employee, you give me you give me ten thousand dollars in IL. Like, bro, like I mean that's in your collective. Like I you know, that ain't yeah. that ain't nothing. Like I'm part time. Uh, sure, sure. But I do think we're a stride. I don't know where strides are going to be made. I just know that there things just need to be cleaned up. So, um, that's a big thing. It, and it's it's, not it's just hey, players can make money out their name, image, and likeness, and just go crazy, right? And now it got so it got so damn crazy. Now, now everyone's like, okay, NC is like, okay, we got to clean this up. We got to clean that up. We got to clean this up. It's still going to be a beast. I yeah. think we're about four to five years away from this actually being tamed. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, okay. that's a fair assessment. Yeah, it's yeah. a good assessment. Yeah. So, I mean, we're just going to have to deal like, I just think we're in the process of changes are going to be made. We're going to see if that change is a good or bad thing. Then adjustments are going to be made off that change. And then we're going to, you know, and then once we get more years, more of a sample size of things, then I, I think they'll have a better hold. But I think we're about five years away, to be honest. Okay. And and to close on that note, yeah, there, there is some lawsuits out there that could change this. Uh, there's also a lawsuit that it's a class action that people are trying to retroactively say, hey, you hurt my wellness, my image likeness. So if, if, if the NCAA has to pay out former athletes, like literally they could be bankrupt. Like it, it could be that big. So we'll, we'll, we'll follow that. Obviously, we're not there yet. Like you said, we're not we're not really ready to get to be make them, uh, you know, uh, employees. But let's let's close out uh, talking real quick, Ani, uh, about the elite players in the country. Uh, you know, send out the voting for Mr. Basketball USA, the tracker. Now, this is obviously our elite American team spotlight. Uh, we spotlighting the top players at the end of the year. We'll be they'll be named to the all American team, but only one guy can be the player of the year, and it's only going to be one guy, no ties, no codes, <laughs> just gonna one guy. Uh, going to Duke from Montverde, Cooper Flag, uh, got the most votes, Ani. Uh, beat out go, uh, Junior Carlos. Boozer's son, Cameron Boozer, we all know about. Him. We've talked about him thousands of times on this pod. But are you a little surprised that he's the guy who won the the honor last year and is the top player? Like he's not the top player going into the season. Like, is that surprising to you, or is that just hey, you know, different season, new slate, and Cooper Flag's a bad boy? You know, what what, what do you take on that? I think you know, Coop obviously um, taking a, a bigger role among Verde. Uh, yeah. this season okay. he had a pretty big role last year but just taking like the like he's the guy you know yeah him and Liam McNeely but he's really the guy and seeing Montverde 
you know, I'm going to see them this upcoming week. Uh, probably just dismantle everybody, but you know, like, but top team in the country, best player in the top team in the country. I really feel that you know it, it makes sense why Cameron Boozer is a hell of a player. Um, yeah. Columbus is going to put themselves in a situation where they can you know be the number one team by the end of the season. But right now, like looking at that Montverde squad. Like, you know, we got to see him in the Border League, uh, Ronnie. Got to see just, you know, the advancement of Coop's game and him taking, like, the main role on that team. It's hard to, you know, vote against him being, you know. know, The leader of the clubhouse, yeah. That makes sense. That I I am a little surprised. I just run down the voting. There's only two players that appeared on all ten ballots. Uh, Cooper got one, two, three, four, five, six first place votes. Cam got only two, and then he had five se- second-place votes. So he's seven points overall behind him on, like, a 10-point scoring system. Um, yeah, I, I just think it is the little dude with number one player on the number one, you know, number one team until that changes. Obviously, we're, we're very early. Some states have kicked off. Uh, yeah, but it, it's still, you know, last year's – I guess last year has nothing to do with this year. Chelsea, would you kind of think that is way, like, you know, he's got to prove himself again, and he wasn't the – he wasn't the leader in the clubhouse last year, and he beat all the seniors, Ron Holland, Isaiah Collier. So that's not the, not a big issue. Do you kind of think that? I don't think it's a big issue, but I do think every year is his own year. And, you okay. know, people are – he committed to Duke. There's a lot of high praise for what's happening over at Mount Verde. And, yeah. you know, this is a little side note, but people were telling me on Twitter that that Mount Verde team could beat D1 team. So obviously they're really high on <laughs> Uh, Cooper with their, which yeah. I don't agree, but you know, yeah. I'm saying Cooper's doing that much work that he's got the 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 Twitter basketball analysts, you know, yeah. going in saying that his team could beat some college teams. So I think on that note alone, give him the award. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we and Ani kind of broke that down on the episode 170 a little bit. We 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 thought it was ridiculous. Like you're gonna win a conference? Okay, they might win. Stay close in a game. They're gonna yeah, they're gonna win play. a conference. Like no, but. People get on that hype train, you know, that, that's where it is. So go check this week. It'll be on ballslife.com. Go check out all the results. There's 20 guys who got votes. Uh, we're not going to go over all, you know, every single vote in, in every single thing. But the other players who received a first place vote was uh, Dylan Harper, Ron Harper's son from Tom Bosco Prep. And he is still open. And the other one is Ace Bailey, Adarius Ace Bailey from McEachern in Georgia. He's going to Rutgers. Real quick, Ani, is Dylan going to go there with, to Rutgers with Ace? Or is that going to be a dynamic duo? Or is, or is Dylan going to go to more uh, traditional school, in your opinion? I heard he's going to Rutgers. Wow. That's yeah. going to be interesting. That, that is going to be interesting. For those two, like, top level, top five, six, seven guys to go to. A school as Rutgers that changes the changes the game. I love Dylan's game. I think Dylan's really good. Kind yeah, of, we're talking yeah. real quick about Dylan. He got one first place blow and three third place votes. No second place vote. So he had fifty eight points, which is third place. So he may be in the mix. They can have a big season. Obviously, we'll follow it. Uh, those big games are coming up. Like we said, you know, uh, they Cooper and Cameron played three times this summer. They're going to play on December first. All you guys can watch it. It'll be on national TV. Uh, there's big games coming up. Ani, I know you'll be at Thanksgiving Hoop Fest. You're going to Kentucky to watch Prolific Prep. I'll see some of those teams in Vegas on the seventh, and then we'll regroup and talk about it. So, I think on that note, we're gonna we're gonna close it out. But yeah, make sure to go to BallsLife.com to check out the Mr. Basketball Tracker. Um, you know, results. As I said, Duke Bound Cooper Flag is leading it with Junior Cameron Boozer. Right behind them, those kind of two are kind of leading the pack, and and we'll follow the season. Uh, anything else, Chelsea? Anything else, Ani? You know, it's this has been a great topic. I think we're gonna have to re- come back on this topic, not necessarily about Kim and Angel, but like so much is gonna happen. She's either, she's gonna get reinstated to the team because Kim Mulkey's like she is part of this team. She did say that she goes, she's part of this team. She's not with us right now, so it, we're gonna come back to that. And and Chelsea, you're just like, oh boy, this is gonna be a long drama. You know, free Angel Reese. That's all I can say. That's it. <laughs> free Angel. Yep. So I, I think she'll be back on the team eventually, you know, sometime here in the next couple of weeks. We'll see. But uh, yeah, it, it's been a tumultuous couple of weeks for, for the defending champion. Like you said, Chelsea, every season is different. This is a lot different than last year. Mm-hmm. Everybody was missing their butts last year. That ain't that ain't the case right now. 
Same thing with Cooper Flag and, and, and Boozer. Boozer's going to have to do some work. So he can get it done. We'll see how it goes. But thank you guys for tuning in. Until next time, we'll, we'll catch you guys later.